0: Praise the Lord. We give God honor and glory. Everlasting Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you this afternoon. We give glory and honor unto you, Most High. Be you lifted, be you glorified. Your name is exalted far above all other names. Thank you, King of Glory, for the gift that you have given to us, the children. My Father, as we present them to you, O God, let them be found acceptable in thy sight. Father, we want to thank you for this church and the ministry of the children. Thank you for the parents in this church, God. We pray that your divine favor be upon each one of them. Thank you for the leadership for giving this day. Father, may you give them, grant them wisdom, even in the days to come that they may direct the children of this church in the manner that is acceptable to you. We give you praise and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May we sit. How are you this morning? Uh, Just to say... Some children are not very happy with their parents because you arrived late. Praise the Lord. But that battle we are not joining, we will leave it to your house. (laughs) Try to settle it. And if you give a promise of next time, make sure you honor it. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his faithfulness. Uh, today, we are privileged to have been ministered to by the children, and we are grateful that God is working through them. As you saw the number of teachers, it may look big, but it's not so much. We still have invitations being sent out to any person who has been communing with God and you feel God is impressing upon your spirit. To be part of this ministry, we would like you to approach your home cell, the leader of your home cell, that will give you a form you can fill and submit it through him again back to the church leadership. And the church leadership will communicate with you regarding uh, the progress. Praise the Lord. We need more teachers. We desire that those teachers also have an opportunity to sit in the church for as many sessions as possible. That is only possible if we are many in per class. So that somebody takes a few sessions and he comes back to the church and the others go on. Praise the Lord. More we shall share on the 13th. And I believe you'll be coming on the 13th. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to share on the subject of foundation of obedience for our children. Foundation of obedience for our children. And I would like us to anchor this mainly from the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. I would like to share in generally two parts. The part of the parents, the part of the children, because that's what the family is all about. Following the examples that the Bible has given us, because that's the solid foundation upon which we need to build our relationship with God, both on the family level, and the children too. Foundation of obedience for our children. First Samuel. Chapter 1, it will be a bit long. There was a certain man from Ramadaim, a Zufite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah Hednan. none. Verse 3 Year after year I would like us to take note of that Year after year this man went up from his town, sh- town to worship and sacrificed to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh Can you say Shiloh? Shiloh, Shiloh. Shiloh. Yes So where Hophni Phineas the two sons of Eli were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for El- Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Penina, and to all his sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Anna's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Verse 8, her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Now in the passage that we have read it has alluded to two families, that of Elkanah and that of Eli. It has mentioned them. Another thing we have seen the Bible has talked about Elkanah and described him as a a devout man who was faithful and worshipped God. A third thing, Elkanah gave Anna a double portion. There is a reason why I mentioned that as a sacrifice. And Number four, Anna made a vow to God. Praise the Lord. This morning, I would like just to share with us about two three families and see how they prepared themselves ahead of time. When the children came, some of them had... Proper preparation on how to bring them up, and probably one of them was a bit careless, and the results that came out of that. Praise the Lord. So, that will be mainly touching on the part of the parents, and we will also look at those children who are given birth to and how they absorbed what their parents taught them and how it impacted on their lives thereafter. Praise the Lord. So let's start with the family of Elkanah. Elkanah, in essence, was, the, the Bible has tried to describe, first of all, something that may easily, we may easily miss out. In uh, verse 1, why is God going into the trouble of mentioning up to the fourth generation of this man? Because he has said, Uh, Elkanah son of Jeroham. Jeroham who was the son of Elihu. Elihu who was the son of Tohu. And Tohu who was the son of Zuf. For you to be mentioned in the Bible, I believe there is something unique about your life that God wants to communicate. And he has mentioned about Elkanah and mentioned about this Father, grandfather, great-grandfather. It does imply, looking at the life of Elkanah, who was a devout person, he must have learned these traits from his forefathers. Praise the Lord. He observed what his father was doing and purposed to do it to his children. The father must have, in turn, observed what the grandfather of Elkanah used to do, and he imparted it to Elkanah. Praise the Lord. So, I want to say, the Bible has said clearly, there was a small problem, a small challenge. Let me not say a problem. There was a small challenge in Elkanah's family. But because of the foundation that God had laid in their lives, these people had a focused mind. They never lost their focus. Bible says, year after year, verse 3, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. Praise the Lord. He never lost interest in going to serve God. Because of the small challenge he had. One, because he realized this place, Shiloh, represented the presence of God. This place, Shiloh, represented the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, there's no downcasting. Nobody's downcast in the presence of God. Everybody's encouraged. The broken hearted are revived. That is what pushed him in that place. He knew this is where my salvation is. That is why we encourage you. Discover your shiloh in the bread of life. Begin to realize it's a place where your issues will be dealt with. It will be a point of contact in your life with God. It will be a point of an appointment where you'll have a rendezvous with God. Purpose in your life, that no matter what you're going through, I want to be in this sanctuary, and I want my tears to flow in this place, not outside there. It is possible for us to be having similar challenges that these people had. But the difference is, did not go to people Neither did the wife also go to other people and cry. But they always waited for the opportune moment to be in the presence of God at Shiloh. That is where Hannah poured her tears to God. She began to speak to God because this was the solution she was looking for. I don't know how many years had passed, but the Bible says year after year. So it means there were several years she had been patient in the presence of God. Because she was waiting upon God. Praise the Lord. And the waiting was just about a child. She was waiting for a child. And our prayer was one. That God, you may give me a son. And when you give me this son, I want him to serve you. Praise the Lord. One thing I like about this couple is that they went about this business praying and desiring that God may minister to them. And they also acted deliberately to see that God will act in their lives. Why do I say that? Because Elkanah, when he was distributing these pieces of meat for sacrifice, as an offering unto God, he realized Where there was a challenge, he needed to double his relationship with God. So he said, Anna will have a double portion that will unlock what God has for her in in her life. Praise the Lord. So I pray unto you that as we bring up our children, Samuel was not born at that time. But if you go through the story, you begin to realize there must have been something that he realized about his parents that influenced his life. His own coming forth must have challenged him. If ever somebody told him what was going on, must have challenged him that my parents were doing something unique that made me to come forth. So this double portion is a challenge to us. It was... Elkanah deliberately decided in his heart, I will send a notice to the devil. No matter what kind of challenges you are bringing into my life, no matter what kind of discouragement you are bringing into my family, I have decided my solution is going to come from God. Praise the Lord. This is the foundation that we need to lay in our families. That our children must realize Daddy and mommy don't have any other hope, but they only trust God. They wait upon God to deliver them from whatever challenge they are going through. And they are faithful with Him. Praise the Lord. I don't know what kind of challenges we are going through as families, but I know those challenges have got implications on our children. They have something that they play into the lives of our children. But the moment the children begin to realize our parents have held on to God as the solution to our challenges, it will make a difference in their lives and in their future. It will prepare them to meet the challenges of the future. Praise the Lord. So Anna, in verse 11, made a a vow to God that if God would give her a child, she will return this child back. She will bring the child back to God, to serve him. I don't know what kind of plan you have for your children. You know, sometimes, just because you met your wife, or you met your husband, and declared before people that you are now one, And eventually, nine months down the line, you had a child. It's not automatic. Praise the Lord. You must count it as a blessing from the Lord. You must count it as a blessing from the Lord. And so, if it's a blessing from the Lord, there is need for you to know, how do I handle the blessing that God has given to me? This lady was smart. She realized if she just cries for the baby, when the baby comes, she may not be in a position to know how to handle. She had never had a child. She saw other people having children. So she could say, I have learned how to handle children. But every child is unique in his own way. So she said, when you give me this child, Lord, I'll bring him back to you. Why? Because only you know how you will handle this unique child. Can you say that to God concerning your children? Father, I want these children. Teach me how to to handle these children. I want to bring them back to you so that they may be instruments in the household of God. Praise the Lord. That is the secret of success. That is the secret of success. Look Chapter 1, verse 1. It's a long passage, but we also come across another couple that were equally challenged, Zacharias and Elizabeth. Praise the Lord. And when they were trusting God for a child... The Bible records they were in service in the house of God serving. A commitment, devotion to God. So we see a thread running through these two families. Commitment to God. Devotion to the things of God. And that informs their way of relating with God even as the children come. When John is being born, John the Baptist, clear instructions are given on how to look after him. A razor should not pass through his. He was supposed to be kept a Nazarite, set apart for the purpose of God. Have we sought from God what the purpose of our children is? Or are we taking it for granted? The children are born, they will learn along the way how to relate to God. Here are two families that were so concerned on how to handle the children that God will give to them. Praise the Lord. Have a place of encounter with God in your family. You and your wife begin to decide how you are going to engage God. Because there are certain things that you must lay down for those children that you have in the presence of God. If you look at these two families, they were there in the presence of God, seeking God. And so, later on you'll see, it was easy for them to rear the children because they had a relationship with God. So, the message is, you and I as parents, before we start Looking at our children and asking the Friday school teachers, what are you doing with my child? The foundation starts back at home. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Judges 13.1. Another couple again. Verse 2, a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of Danites had a wife who was childless and able to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink that you do not eat anything unclean. Now, those are clear instructions that are being given in preparation for the child that is coming. A breach of those would have in one way or another affected the destiny of that child. As we go down, further instructions are given You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor. Because the boy is to be a Nazarite. Dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of Philistine. I don't know what God has designated your children to accomplish in the kingdom of God. But it's important for you to seek to understand. God what is it about my children that you want to do with their lives? Father, what is it for my children that I need to do that they may meet the demands of your kingdom? Verse 6, this woman, I think there was a lot of mixed, mixed excitement in her life at that time, and she said, then the woman went to her husband and told him, a man of God came to me. Look, he looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. But he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. Now then, drink no wine or other fermented drink, and do not eat anything unclean. Because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. Verse 8. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, pardon your servant Lord I beg to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. A wise couple. They have been waiting. Now everything is ready up for the child. But they are not stopping there. Manoah says no. My wife, you know we have been waiting for this child for a very long time. But we have no experience. We don't know how to handle these children. Let's go and seek from God again to find out how we ought to look after the child that he will bless us with. Challenge to us parents. Have you taken time to seek to understand what God wants? And how he wants you to handle the children that he has blessed you with? Have you ever taken time to intercede on behalf of your children and ask God, God, let you open up my understanding towards my children that I may bring them in the fear of the Lord. I may establish them on the sound foundation of the things of God. I'm posing this question because when you see Elkanah and Hannah going to Shiloh, I said there were two families that were mentioned. So Elkanah and Hannah live in Sohar. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, sometimes you need to use illustrations that people know. Some of you have never gone to Sohar. Praise the Lord. Okay, they were living in Rusel, And Shiloh was in Rui. Praise the Lord. Now, that was a family that had to walk. They had to decide we are going to the house of God. So they had to walk. Now, you can't just start walking and then land in the house of God without a purpose. There must be something that drove you from your house to go there. So their arrival at the house of God was a deliberate decision that I am going for one, two, three things. But there was another family that was resident in that place. The family of Eli. Eli. I don't know. I may just call Eli. It is easier for me to remember the spelling. Praise the Lord. And he had sons. Two sons. Now children, I want you to listen carefully. Eli was the prophet of God. He was serving in the house of God. And he had two sons. The problem with those two sons, they made an assumption. Because we stay in the compound of the house of God, it is fine with us. And the father also assumed, because these children stay in the temple temple at Shiloh, where everybody is running to for a turnaround of their lives, they are okay. But it was not true. Their lives were not okay. Praise the Lord. Now somebody who was walking to this place benefited from Shiloh more than the one who was resident in Shiloh. Eli was a servant of God. But he assumed my children we, by osmosis they will learn these things of God. When they rub my hand, the things that the pastors tell me and the disciple training will just flow into them. It's not true. Praise the Lord. Later on, you see these children being punished. In fact, they died because of carelessness. And it was because of an assumption, most likely an assumption of the father, I'm serving God, So my children will see me serving God and they will understand what it means to serve God. I don't know how many of you in this place have assumed just carrying the children to Friday school and putting them there makes them change. I don't know. I don't want to embarrass anybody. Maybe I'm one of them. I don't know. But I'm just asking a question that you need to reflect over. It's not enough to tell children, Put on your clothes. Let's go to church. Go to the Friday school. They'll go there for you. You know, in my teaching profession, sometimes we, we encounter... The old generation have, uh, will find this very funny. Because for us, our time, when they say homework, it had to be done. It had to be done. And in most cases, we try to finish it in the school so that we create time to play at home. Today, you give homework, you tell, why don't you start doing your homework within these five, ten minutes? No, it is homework, sir. This is for home. But at home, nothing goes on. Because when you meet them the next day, what they are going to tell you, especially the school in which I teach, don't go and report me. Praise the Lord. When you ask the children, they say, the maid did not put my homework in my bag. (coughs) Whose homework was it? Praise the Lord. So there's a challenge for us as parents. Unless you closely monitor this generation... Here and here, closely, you find they take every opportunity to slip off. Praise the Lord. It's not only the things of the school, even the things of God. Whatever space they get to move away, they want to take off. So as a parent, you've got a challenge to see the examples that we have mentioned. We can't go through all of them, but I've mentioned to you those few. That ally. In his heart, he was okay. He was serving God. But just a small thing, just sleeping, allowing the children to go, made him lose his sons. Praise the Lord. Made him to lose his sons. That's the role of parents. If he had told the children to be obedient, things would have changed things would have drastically changed in their lives praise the lord now if we look we go back to the book of first samuel ah first samuel not first samuel first samuel chapter 1 Verse 21, when her husband Elkanah went up with all the family to offer an annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. I think this was a smart lady because I'm trying to imagine if I had my young boy and is the one that I'm supposed to eventually leave there and I go with him the first year I come back home with him the second year I go with him I come back with him the third year I tell him now starting from this year you will remain and I'm going home there will be tantrums praise the Lord Is it that wisdom? Isn't she wise? So she said, "Ah, ah, let the son remain here. And after three years, she took the son. In obedience to her vow, she took the son to present him to the man of God. Now I want us to zero in on Samuel. Samuel did not protest it's not start kicking the mother, I'm not remaining here. No, 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 no. My bed is at home, it's not here. No. Because somehow, it appears the mother had been preparing him over those, the period of three years to be an obedient child. So when she told her, him, you are now remaining here, he said, bye-bye, it's okay. And he remained. Praise the Lord. Because he had laid a proper foundation for the child to begin to understand that when it comes to the things of God, there's no turning round, back again. When God says it is this, it is that. Today we have got this notion of why, how. You children, some of, oh, you see this man smiling before you? They never had that opportunity. If they ever bother to ask their father why, ah, 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 ah. the chair that was next to the door will just fly out with them. How dare you ask an old man why? He was always right. If you asked how, don't trouble adults. In some cases, they will say, Go and ask your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. What am I saying? This child, Samuel, had decided to be obedient and to respect the instructions of the parents. The mother said, You are remaining, and he remained. Praise the Lord. Number two, Samuel chose to honestly serve God. Because when he remained there, he was honest in that house. He was there, full time. It was not after two days that he ran out and said, oh, uh, mommy, I was just coming to say hi to you. No. Something happened to Samuel the child, who is the Friday school child. In 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verse 4. Then the the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. Verse 5. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Now, this boy is beginning to recognize the voice of God, but it's not very clear because he's not used to it. But because he's in the presence of the man of God, there is a likelihood of him understanding. And where is the man of God? At Shiloh. And where is Shiloh? The bread of life. Praise the Lord. So there will be need for you as a child to begin to listen to what is being taught in the Friday school. For you to begin to relate with God with understanding. There is need for you to listen to what is being taught in the church here as a child. In addition to what your parents are doing at home. For you to begin to recognize what God is speaking into your life. Down there we see, again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. I am sleeping. Don't disturb me. Go and lie down. So Samuel went. And then it occurred to Eli, at the third time, no. No. This is the way God speaks. So he sits the boy down and he says, when he calls now, say, here I am. The church is asking the children of the bread of life. God has been calling on you. When are you going to say, here I am? It is good to be in the church to sit in the Friday school. Are you going to be like Hophni and Phineas, Just feeling good, singing for us, participating in the church programs, but you don't commit your life to God? Won't it be a waste of time? You must be challenged that God is speaking to you as the children of this church. The church has given the provision for you To have an encounter with God. To understand what God's purpose is for your life. Your parents are being prepared by the church through the disciple training programs. To enable you to understand what God's purpose is for your life. You need to optimize these opportunities. Make full use of them. And cry out to God until you get your portion and your relationship is right with God. Praise the Lord. Let's move to judges again and look at this other man. Samson. Now we said Samson was born and he was set apart. He was set apart as a Nazarite. Somebody who has been dedicated to serve God. If we look at 14, verse 1. Now, this is the first, listen. This is the first uh, first thing that comes out, encounter between Samson and the parents. So we see, Samson went to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I have seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as a wife. Listen to verse 3. His father and mother replied, Isn't there an unacceptable woman among your relatives or among all your people? Must you go to the uncircumcised Philistines to get a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. Get her for me. Hey, children. Children. You are the ones who jump up crying in the house. This is what I want. This is what I want. It's reflected in the life of Samson here. A man who God appointed. He's rejecting to listen to God-given authority. With the father and the mother. He insists the fact that your father and mother have questioned something, you must take a step back and ask yourself, why has daddy said, asked me this question? Why is mommy asking me this question? Because that's God's authority over your life. This man was not that kind. He said, I have said, I must get it. If I don't get it, things are going to be messed up here. So he went ahead. God gave him an indication. This thing is not right. Because after going down, the same same person who was, he was deceived was given to the friend. The same lady was given to a friend. The foundation that Samson had in his life was that of disobedience, disregarding. Godly counsel, disregarding the direction that the parents are giving. And as you continue reading the whole story of Samson, you begin to sympathize with the man. Judges 16, verse 4. That was not the only time that Samson showed he doesn't listen to the authority given. From above, verse 4 of chapter 16. Sometime later, he fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. The rulers of, Philistine, of the Philistines went to her and said, See, if you can lure him into showing you the secret of his great strength, and how we can overpower him, so we may tie him up and subdue him. Each one of us will give you 1,100 shekels of silver. The children of the bread of life, the Bible says that we, can, we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what worship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? Or light with darkness? Now, it's not only in this particular situation. I'm also talking about every other friends you have in school. We are not there as parents. We are not there as parents. But the decision must be clear, based on what you have been taught in the church and at home. You cannot say, I'm just befriending these people, they are just good people, and yet you know they are smokers. Soon you'll be joining them. You cannot say, I'm just going out with these people, I'm going to have fun on the beach. And you know, these are drug addicts. Soon you'll be a drug addict. The devil is walking, roaming about, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. That is his business. He doesn't play with you a bit and then says, okay, tomorrow I'll come to visit. No. The first opportunity he gets, he uses it. This is the mess in which Samson found himself. Because on two occasions he's messing, trying to play around with the enemy. But the enemy was strategically positioning himself to defeat him. And to you, the children of the bread of life, I speak to you today. Be careful on how you relate with people out there. Just ask yourself is God happy with what I'm doing? If my if whatever I'm doing here was to be displayed in the sitting room when the whole family is seated there, will I still be able to laugh with everybody? So never do anything outside, away from your parents just because they're away, they can't see you. No. There are two basic questions just to ask yourself. Is God happy with what I'm doing? Is my father happy with what I'm doing now? If the answer is in there negative, walk away from it. Walk away from it. Let people laugh at you, but walk away. Praise the Lord. I had some child Every time he's found in, he's caught up fighting, and he says, you know, they just tell me, come, we want to have a chat, and when I go to discuss with them the issue, they start fighting, so I have to defend myself. I called the father, and we talked. I told the boy, walk to my office, tell those people, let us go and discuss with you where Mr. Kenneth is, if they have anything to discuss with you. Two days back, He was caught fighting. What did I tell you? You told me to come, but there were so many, they just told me, let us go and discuss. Now, there was nobody who was going to beat him, to slap him. If he had said, okay, they're shouting at me, but I'm walking to where the teacher is, nobody would have forced him. So what I'm saying to you, our children, some of the pressures you invite upon yourselves that lead you into doing the wrong thing, it's your own choice. You have decided you want to walk there. Just like Samson used to do. It was just lack of wisdom on the part of Samson. He decided, he knew what was supposed to be done, but he decided always to do the wrong thing. He was deceived in the first case. Again, the second case, he was deceived. Let's see his, how he ends up his life. Now, if you read from verse 23 onwards up to 31 of chapter 16, you will realize that his eyes were gorged off after he had been caught. The eyes had been removed. His hair was cut. He was weak. But the only mistake, the biggest mistake that Samson did, is in verse 28. This was even, I would regard it as worse worse compared to the first mistake. Because he says, he had an opportunity to pray. He had an opportunity to pray. But listen to his prayer, he said, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please God, strengthen me just once, once more. And let me... me, Let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Yes, God granted, but he killed everybody including himself. If you have fallen, cry to God to revive you out of it and live again. Praise the Lord. He's a God of a second chance. So our children, we ask you, Let you be wise. Romans 11 the gifts of God are without repentance. God did not take away everything that he had given to Samson, which means God still loved Samson and he wanted him to live again. Praise the Lord. So let's be careful. When we have that opportunity, let us use it wisely. Quickly, Isaac is another son that I want to speak about. Isaac had also been brought up in a godly home. Genesis 22, 2 onwards. By the way, this family also faced a similar situation like the other families we have mentioned. And Isaac had been brought up in the fear of God because Abraham was a God-fearing man. But I wanted you to learn something from him because he says, sometime later God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love. Let us pause. You know, God is very interesting. He didn't want to leave room for Abraham to explain himself. Do you notice that? Because he knew this was the only son of Abraham he had promised to Abraham. But he says it, take your son. Before Abraham speaks, because Abraham was about to tell him, but God, this is the only son you gave me. Before he opened his mouth, he said, your only son. And before Abraham said, but you know I love him, he said, the one you love. And then he closed. So Abraham was just there with an open mouth. And he said, I want you to go and sacrifice him. Now the first, the one that I want to emphasize on, especially in regard to the children, Isaac also knew he was in that home alone. There was the stepbrother somewhere far away, but in that home it was only Isaac, son of Abraham. Now he's being told, wake up very early in the morning. Wakes up. The father gathers firewood and everything. There's fire. There is a knife. This boy suspected something fishy. And he asked, I can see the fire. I can see the knife. I can see the wood. The stones for the altar we can gather in the bush. But where is the sacrifice? That means deep within him he had an apprehension. There's something funny about daddy today. Then he said, no, God will provide. Did Isaac ask another question? So don't blame our fathers when they used to say, keep quiet. Because they learned from Isaac. Isaac never used to ask many questions. He was told God will provide and he said, okay. When they reached there, they tied his feet. The Bible does not record that he started screaming and saying, where's mommy? Where's mommy? What do you want to do? No. He kept quiet. They tied him and put him there as an altar. And he saw the father holding the knife. We are not told, he cried, he shouted. Maybe he said, this is what I suspected. But eventually God provided the sacrifice. Praise the Lord. What are we talking about, church? We are saying, children, God has given you an opportunity to learn from his house and from your parents. Obedience is a key requirement of a child, a God-fearing child. And you'll find that God will pour blessings in your life. Because you've obeyed your parent, by extension you've obeyed God. And so God's blessing will always be on your life. Today I hear children saying, we have rights, how can my father do this, how can my mother do this. Those rights are there, yes, but you can hide them and be obedient to God. Praise the Lord. The beauty of the whole story of Isaac, we see that he respects the decision of the parents. And if you look at the lineage of his offsprings, you see our Lord Jesus Christ emerging from there. Praise the Lord. Had he been disobedient, God would have said somebody else will give forth to the Savior. So by you being disobedient, you are denying yourself an opportunity to be an instrument of a blessing, an instrument that will bless the church in the house of God. Finally, our Lord Jesus Christ. Luke two forty one. 41. Every year... Can the church say every year? Year after year. There is something about this. Because all these stories we have been talking about, year after year, they were going to Shiloh. They were going to sacrifice. They are telling us, children of God, walk with your children. Every other time you go for the meeting, walk with them to the church. Let them know this is what my father loves. This is what he enjoys doing. Serving God. Praise the Lord. He, every year, Jesus, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years, they went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware. Verse 48, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. 49. Why were you searching for me? That's Jesus asking. He asked, Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Now Jesus was not disobedient to the parents, but the burning desire in him was to see that he starts serving God. Praise the Lord. Because he had been brought in that in that experience, year after year, going to the house of God. He desired to be there. At this opportunity, at age 12, he said, "Ah, let me this time sit in this house and minister. Praise the Lord. We are looking forward to some of you coming and saying, we want to join choir. Now, I felt threatened on behalf of the choir because I enjoyed the worship of the choir, But these young people here did a wonderful job. And I saw Matthew wandering. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I saw Tony also holding his waist like this. And then I realized, oh, there's something coming from the Friday school. Please, tell your father, if you see God leading you there, I want to be in the house of the Lord on Tuesday evening. Join the choir, sing with them. Not that you are joining, but just sing on the on edges. The Even David went in the war, he was just on the periphery, but he's the one who brought the victory. Praise the Lord. You can hang there. May God bless you so much. Amen.
1: Let's be on our feet, please. We have heard a message this afternoon that I believe every one of us we need to pay close attention to as a child, as a parent. I want us to pray, children, I want you to pray for yourself that God baptize me with the spirit of obedience. It is through obedience that you can make God to be happy with you and you will live to fulfill destiny. And while our children are praying that, I want we the parents to pray that, Lord, help me to train my children in the way of the Lord. It is our duty as parents to train them first, then they will not depart from it. But if you don't play our own role, God, we hold us responsible. Please let us ask God for the grace. It takes grace. Eli never did it willingly. Eli never wanted his house to be destroyed. But one way or the other, he missed it. The Lord, I will not miss it in Jesus' name. My assignment to train my children in the way of the Lord, I will not fail you. Children, I hope you are praying that, Lord, please help me to be obedient. Lord, baptize me with the spirit of obedience. Help me to obey my parents, to obey your word. Help me to do that will please you only. Lord, please help me to be like Samson, to destroy my own destiny. Lord, help me to be obedient like Isaac. Children, I hope you are praying that. And parents, please help us. Let us pray that God will help us to do it the way God wants us to do it, so that we will not We will not be blamed by God. When it is time for judgment, none of us will face God. With our eyes closed, That oh God, I did not do enough. Jesus, please help us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Somebody is here, you are saying, God, when will my own children be part of this number? I stand by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we have desired that by this time next year, you'll be carrying your own children in your hand in Jesus' name. Everyone trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Because they are the heritage of the Lord. The Lord will surprise you even beyond your expectations. In the name of Jesus. The Lord wipe away the tears in their eyes. Of Abraham and Sarah by bringing that promised that Isaac, I decree with that same order, the Lord will wipe away every tear in the name of Jesus. For all our children, I decree from henceforth, none of them is permitted to follow the way of the world. They shall only serve the Lord in the name of Jesus. Every day of their life, the grace to be obedient comes upon them afresh in the name of Jesus. None of our children shall be influenced by the word, but they shall only be influenced by the spirit of the Lord, wherever they may be, in the name of Jesus. And as parents, Lord, we pray for grace not to fail you in playing our role adequately so that we can face you and say, Lord, I did what I needed to do for my children. Lord, help us, Lord, not to fail you in training our children in your own way so that when they grow, they will not depart from that path. in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I pray for every child that has the verge of going the way of the world. Lord, by the Spirit of God in this house, I decree the restoration of those children in such category now, in the name of Jesus. Wherever all our children may be, all over the world, many of them are in university, we don't even know what they are doing. Lord, every influence of the world over their life, I decree such influence terminated, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you all the glory. The wisdom that the parents need to train their children will receive such wisdom from you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, King of glory. As we go this week, we go in the power of Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. I decree this week shall be a victorious week for every one of us in the name of Jesus. And as we march on to that month of May, May number five represent grace. I decree the all-sufficient grace of the Lord shall be more than sufficient for each and every one of us throughout the month of May in the name of Jesus. Somebody has been struggling to achieve a target. That which you have not been able to achieve for years, for months. In the month of May, I decree a release of that all-sufficient grace to overtake that which seems to have gone ahead of you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you all the glory. We exalt. you, we worship you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Before we share the grace, we want to appreciate the parents as well. I know what it costs for you to make these children to come to church. Let's put us together for the parents. Amen. And of course, the children too, that are able to come to church to do those wonderful things. Let's put us together for all our children as well. Amen. And of course, the teachers, you only need to know what it takes to be a teacher. Many of you think you have those two children at home, and you just say stop, and they stop. But when you now have like five, ten of them in a class, you say stop, and this one is stopping, another one is starting. <laughs> but we thank God for teachers. Let's put that together for all the teachers. <laughs> Amen. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. We have refreshment outside to celebrate the wonderful thing our children have done today. So please, let us have the refreshment immediately after the church. Let's share the grace together and fellowship. With the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. As we pray, the Lord will answer us. Please, let's go out to this side. Those that came for the first time, please, let's remember we have... We want to see you on my left-hand side. One of our leaders will be meeting with you. God bless you in Jesus' name.